Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. If you build it, he will It's the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Couch. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data languages. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with The Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Garrison Financial Friday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to The Skinny on Sports. Right here on 98.1 FM, The Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We got all kinds of things to get into. I think we're finally going to make it to the the Mel Kiper Todd McShay three round mock draft. I think we've been promising that, or I've been promising that for I don't know ten days now, maybe seven. Everybody's probably <laughs> seen it by now, so we can get into that a little bit. NBA playoffs. What is the deal with kicking dudes in the junk? Why are NBA players so apt to do that? And how in the world? Do you not get thrown out of the game for kicking somebody there, but you get thrown out of the game for accidentally elbowing somebody there? I don't get it. Maybe that's the difference between Draymond Green and Joel Embiid I don't think, and their histories. I don't think I don't like somebody that much to kick somebody right there. There's a It's a man code. You don't do it. Are right? these guys not men? Is that what you're trying to I'm tell trying me, to say I mean, last they're, they're, night. They're lower than low. Come on, man. You, you don't do Whoa. that. Whoa. What MB did was words. egregious. I didn't see it. You it's, don't do uh, it. It's right here. Here, come here. I got you it right don't here. Don't do it. All right, here we go. This is what happened. This guy falls. Embiid falls. He steps over him. Whammo. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> that is intentionally kicking him right in the <laughs> nether region. Anyhow, so he gets uh, kicked. It doesn't get kicked out of the game. Harden kind of accidentally does his little swim move and hits a guy there and gets kicked out i would be shocked if we don't hear a little something from the league about that so the nba playoffs going strong also jared do you uh do you have any updates from high school softball and baseball well yes some one Okay, I'll have to pull that up. <laughs> I was hoping you did. I, I was really hoping you did a little bit more pre-show 
uh, preparation. And I maybe was, I did. It's a good thing that I come to the show. I know. I, I, was, was, I was driving here now. going, oh, thank goodness it's Friday and Scott's going to be here. We'll <laughs> <laughs> fulfill a whole segment with him. <laughs> that is the voice you hear is Scott Garrison. It is a Garrison Financial Friday. Wait, wait, two. <laughs> Leedy Boys won. Arapaho won twice in baseball. I'm looking it up. We, we can go through it. Okay. Because I've that's, got to pull that. That's how you guys do your research. You just wait for people on the text line this to is tell very, you what happened in sports, yeah. and then you. Hey. We're very user dependent <laughs> here on on our text we're, line. Yeah, we're peeling back the curtain as we speak. Thanks a lot, Scott. You just ruined all of our secrets. I know the Lady Girls won too in softball. They won twice, mm-hmm. but anyhow, it is Garrison Financial Friday. Scott is in the house. What's up, Scott? Oh, just a whole lot of it. A whole lot of it. You know. Sun's shining. The wind's finally not blowing a million miles an hour, and and rain in the forecast. So uh, yeah, that's true too. I'll take I, it. I have a feeling that the about one, two, three o'clock or so, this place might be a ghost town with as nice as it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be pretty nice. Yeah. Is there anybody at this station that doesn't play golf? Well, I mean, do you count what? Jerry Let me does say this: playing golf? Is there anybody at this station? <laughs> Who doesn't go to the golf course? Out. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know what? I don't know what Philip. I don't know if Philip plays golf. Drew, I don't think plays golf. I don't no. think the Brewer boys do. No, <clears throat> I don't think they do. I don't think they do either. So outside of that, you know, I I actually saw yesterday. I saw Alan Bradley driving around town. He just looked like a lost little puppy. Because Sean has his knees replaced, he's looking for looking for somebody to play golf Didn't with. Didn't know what to do. Yeah, he's, hey, my buddy's not here. You know, man, that's poor timing on Sean's part. Got to do that in the fall. Well, I mean, was there any doubt that Sean is going to have poor timing? <laughs> I mean, he doesn't know how to time a wick. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, ouch! <laughs> it's a good thing he doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> The one time he did, we were making fun of his hand. Well, we just did it again. I just, <laughs> yeah, I know. And he he burst in here. Really, dude, my hand. Oh really? my goodness, <laughs> Wilson. We 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 give it to him because he we know he could take it, right? Yeah. Hey, before uh, we get into what I brought, I'm going to let you. Yeah, it's, I mean, Western Oklahoma sports will look different. Uh, with what happened last night, uh, unfortunately, um, yeah, a, a guy that you see at games all the time, Mr. Ron Nagel, not, not with us anymore. Um, man, shout out to the family. I talked to Jory already. I haven't talked to Ricky yet, but it's sad. Sad day uh, for, for, for Western Oklahoma sports because that's a guy that you just saw. Yeah. No matter if his kids were playing, no matter if Elk City was playing, you just saw him around. At multiple, multiple sporting events throughout the year, so very, very sad, very, very sad. Generations of kids grew up on the yeah. on the bench at Nagel's Snappy Sack, man, sitting yeah. up there eating a hot dog with my dad, getting stuff all over my clothes so that we had to go home and change. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, prayers to that family for sure. Yeah, it's yep. a it's a sad day uh, around these parts, no doubt about it. Uh, what you got? Okay, so I'm sure you guys saw. Ah, here you go. This is where I, uh, I just got. It's the first place I rented a Nintendo game. Was it <laughs> Nagel Snappy? Sack. There you go. <laughs> Remember when he got NBA jams? Oh yeah. Like 
people lined up to play that game in there. Like the arcade? The arcade game. Oh, yeah. boy, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it wow. was great. Yeah, God knows how much money I spend on that. Game. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you, you allow that awesome little building out to the side of their house to be built. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe purchase a whole extra lot there next to their house. Oh, hey, so how about uh, the uh, quarterback salary that just came down the other day? Oh, Jalen Hurts. How about that? How about it? Two hundred million guaranteed. Unbelievable. For someone... a guy, th- think about this. I thought when I saw it, I just got to thinking about you know Jalen Hurts. Two hundred million guaranteed for a guy that got benched at the halfway point of a national title game, and by a freshman, by a by a true freshman that walks into there, and then also a guy that you know nobody really wanted to play his second half of the season at OU. Yeah, I mean, everyone wanted Spencer Rattler in there yep. as a true freshman instead of Jalen Hurts, and now he's $200 million guaranteed, Richard. Wow. It's incredible. It's a great story. So, it is a great and story. Was, and it was hard not to go, when as soon as you got that message on Monday, go, <clears throat> good for him. You know, yeah. because of everything you said, you just felt good for that. That's just how that story, hopefully it's not or is know, it? ending, but... What do you mean? Or is it good? Is it good? Nice. Well, it's good. It's, I think it's, it's good, good if you're so, a Cowboys. So you took the words right year, out of my mouth. Last year was a complete anomaly. And do you know why that is? Why? Last year is the first time in 11 years that a quarterback that was in the top three highest paid quarterbacks in the league, top three highest salary cap quarterbacks in the league, even got to the Super Bowl, let alone won. Yes, Pat Even Mahomes. got to the Super Bowl. It's interesting you bring this up because when you say it, you every time when the NFL regular season is over and the playoffs, like in between the last Sunday and when the playoffs start, you always see that stat of four of the top five play, highest paid quarterbacks didn't even make the didn't playoffs. Didn't make the playoffs. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So, here you go. Now, we know what happened last year. Okay, 22, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Mahomes, and Cousins going into that season. All right, Tannehill didn't make the playoffs. Cousins didn't make the playoffs. Did the Vikings make the playoffs right there at the end? I can't remember. That last game depended. I don't think they did two years ago. No, I'm talking about this Yeah, they did last year. year. Oh, yeah, they were in the playoffs this year. All right. Uh, 21 Super Bowl, Rams and Bengals. Okay, the three highest-paid quarterbacks, Wilson, Cousins, Rodgers. 20 Super Bowl, Chiefs and Bucks. And remember, that's Mahomes wasn't getting paid anything right, at that point in time. Right. Uh, three highest-paid, Dak, Wilson, and Goff. Goff. <laughs> yeah, and, see, and you're going to get back to like 2018 when Goff made it. He was making nothing. nothing. He was making nothing. 19, Mahomes and Garofalo. And the top three were Stafford, Rodgers, and Cousins. And then in 18, it was Brady versus Goff, Patriots and Rams. And the top three, how about Garofalo, Stafford, and Carr? I forgot that Garofalo made, made a that, ton, ton of money, of money yeah. when he first went over to the Niners. And they were terrible when he first got there and was making all of that jack. They were bad. But, yeah, this guy went back. 
11 years. This this article's from last year. I couldn't find one for this year, but, I mean, we know what happened this last year anyway. But this guy went back over the last decade <clears throat> and found all of that. And let me get, my gosh, here we go. I don't know. My technology's not working here. You know how that goes? Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Very well aware. Let's see. He goes all the way back to 2011 when Mark Sanchez was the league's highest paid quarterback ahead of of Peyton Manning and Drew Brees. I also forgot that (laughs) Mark Sanchez (laughs) was the highest paid quarterback, too. Yeah. No Super Bowl-winning quarterback was among the top three highest-paid quarterbacks in the preceding season. In fact, only one quarterback that even reached the Super Bowl in that time period fell into that category. So before last year, only one guy had even made it to the Super Bowl, let alone won it. So this is super interesting. With the draft coming up, starting next Thursday, and the one thing that everybody assumes that you have to have is a quarterback, which I don't disagree with. But at the same time, how do you how do you match those two things? Yeah, you need a <clears throat> quote unquote franchise quarterback. Is yeah. is it just the timing? I don't think it's coincidental with the timing though. No. Because I, I think you see if you you know you go back to Russell Wilson making the Super Bowl two out of three years or whatever it was, and then as soon as he got paid, what happened? Bye-bye, Seahawks. Yeah. There was a little guy at running back that people tend to forget about, and if you go back and watch Marshawn Lynch's highlights, I'll tell you right now how they won the Super Bowl, how they got to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I can tell you how they lost it. Yeah. Not giving that monster the ball (laughs) and letting Russell Wilson throw an interception from a foot away from the goal line. Letting letting Russell cook, right? Exactly. Russell cooked them. Well, the problem was right. it was um was he, the Seahawks. He burned him all right. Yeah, but I mean, look at what Rogers. When Rogers took the big payday, he crippled Green Bay for a decade. It speaks also to the fact you mentioned two names, Brady and Manning, and Roethlisberger was in this boat as well. Guys that didn't take all that they could get. Yeah, they understood it. And did you hear yesterday who is really considering doing that same thing? You're not going to like it, Joe Burrow. Oh, already that, that's always that's already the having the foresight yeah. of, well, I don't, I, I can make enough without making it all and continue to have yeah, a good team. But you know why he's doing that? He do, he doesn't want to stay in Cincinnati. Who wants to live in Cincinnati? <sighs> well, come on, huh? I don't think you'd. I don't think anybody'd want to. <laughs> but it sounds like he's going to <laughs> Who wants take to? less. He's an Ohio oh, guy, so I hope not. Oh, he is an Ohio guy. Yeah, he's guy. an Ohio guy. Oh, I he's forgot he's about used that. to it. So maybe Joe Burrow is the answer to that question. Yeah, maybe we'll break his leg next. I year. I mean, Cincinnati's better than Cleveland, surely. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. I mean, Cleveland's. Yeah, I'd they, rather they, be in Cincinnati. Cleveland, Cleveland finished themselves for the next five years too with their quarterback contract. There you go. I mean, it, it's funny because. That's the first thing that teams rush to do. And that's a guy. Did, they, did, did he even ever win a, a playoff game at yes. Houston? Yes, he won one. Okay. He won one playoff game and then had his team up, what, 24 to nothing against the Chiefs? That's right. And the Chiefs came back and beat him. Heck, yep. Chiefs came back and were ahead at halftime. Yeah. 
But it, and his, all of his is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. See, so it's with the draft That's coming. Weird that the Browns did something. They made made a made a a big personnel error. Isn't that strange? <laughs> They browned. They browns gonna they, brown. They browned right? it. That... <laughs> they brownsed it. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this: of the quarterbacks in this draft, maybe just maybe like one of the other two, but or it's Stroud versus Stroud versus Young. Which one, if you were the Carolina Panthers and were wanting had to, needed a quarterback, who would you take? Did you ask this because I texted you? Uh-uh. I don't remember you texting me. How would you? I would take an offensive lineman and tank the season. Oh, to try to get Caleb Williams next year? Yes. I think that's, that's a, that's a once-in-a-decade talent. I if, think, he, if he pays off in the NFL, is yet to be seen. But anybody watching the field, the, the last time there was a guy on the field that dominated the way that Caleb Williams can dominate a football game, he was at the University of Texas. And Vince. it didn't work out in the NFL, but I think that's because he didn't have the work ethic for it to work out in the NFL. And he was actually sneaky good in the NFL. He just wasn't what he was in college. Yeah, that's Vince. true. <clears throat> he got he got the, the Texas or the Titans to the playoffs a time or two. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what Houston's gonna do. The more and it, it sounds like more and more they're gonna take Will Anderson, which in my opinion is the best player in the draft from Alabama. And not take a quarterback yeah. and run Davis Mills out there, lose about 14 again, and then be in perfect position. But then this time, surely they won't score a touchdown in the last second <laughs> of the game <laughs> in week 17 or 18, whatever it is, oh to, to win yeah. and keep themselves from, from the first. Uh, just take a knee. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's – I don't know how anybody that's wanting a quarterback can – can say that this year's class just doesn't look appetizing. But then again, we said that Jalen Hurts wasn't very appetizing and went in the second round. And and uh, what's his name up there at Baltimore that's trying Jackson. to trying to screw ball? And look at Baltimore, great personnel team, and they're saying, "Hey, you know, we're not going to give you that kind of a contract." They're holding. They're holding to their sticking to their guns right now. Yeah, they are. Well, it doesn't help that Jackson's been hurt plenty, and uh, my gosh, I'm struggling with names today. The guy came off the bench, and he he did just Tyler fine. Huntley. Yeah, Tyler Huntley did great. He did just fine. That so. could be a sneaky team to move up next week with the Lamar Jackson trade. That's a, yeah. it, it's kind of died down that talk a little bit. Yeah, with OBJ signing there, mm-hmm. but that could be a sneaky. Yeah, and I mean OBJ signing there doesn't really have anything to do with Lamar Jackson either. I just basically took the money that they didn't offer Lamar by franchising him <laughs> the way they franchised him. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> there you go. What about your Steelers? What do you what what do you want or what do you expect? You know, I I'm thankful that my Steelers are good at drafting. That's that's one good thing about being a Pittsburgh Steeler fan is that, that your team has always drafted well. One bad thing is you're never going to get to get very excited because you're never going to be in the top eight of the draft right. ever. And they're not going to try to move up, and they're not going to finish poorly enough for the season to be up there. So, no, we'll see. I, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they're talking about the safety for Missouri. As far as I'm concerned, draft linemen. Mm-hmm. Dra- take them one, two, and three. 
draft linemen. We are, my gosh. You start to hear, uh, I don't think the Steelers are high enough to get the guy from uh, Northwestern. That strong, whatever, yeah. strong, whatever. He's The comparison there is Zach Martin. But the, the one guy I have seen in that range is uh, Darnell Wright from Tennessee, yeah. the tackle, and not the not his comp as far as what he might be turned into because it's hard to say this name. But the way he plays and the nasty streak that he has, he's compared favorably to the style of Trent Williams. <laughs> if you're getting compared to Trent Williams, you're you're pretty good. You're a pretty tough guy. Yeah, that'd work out for the 17th pick in the draft. That would be just fine. Right. Uh, what yeah. you got going on down there at Garrison Financial? Oh, we're just helping people work through some of their some of their uh, questions and some of their problems and some of their good blessings. And, and uh, we're just working with people and helping them work around their risk aversion and, and talking about what's going on in, in, in the country right now and in the market and looking to help people find answers. Scott at SoonerWealth.com, 124 North Main Street here in Elk City. Stop by, give him a call, or give him a, shoot him an email, and he can hook you up. Come on by. With whatever you need. Thank you, Scotty. Mm-hmm. Have a wonderful week. Yep. Uh, wait, wait, before you Uh-oh. go. Uh-oh. One last question. Who are a couple guys you can't wait to see what they look like on the field tomorrow in the OU spring game? Oh, you know, the, the the guy that I'm looking forward to the most next season, now I don't know, I man, I used to go to the spring game all the time, and I finally, I was like, I don't know. When you can't hit, when you can't hit, hit, kind of yeah. takes something out of it. But Kanick <laughs> is the guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. He reminds me of a Rocky Kalmus, you know, is he athletic? Yeah, he's athletic, but he's got a mind for football, mm-hmm. and he's just a linebacker. You can tell from watching him, even in the little that he played last year, that dude is very raw. Yeah, he's yeah. a linebacker, and he had the the attributes to be. You think he'd be really good? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, that's a good one. I didn't even think about him. We had this question yesterday. I didn't even think about him. I don't think about the new guys that this recent uh, recruiting class. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a good that's a good one, you know, to to look at guys that were there or that are are already on the team. And that's a good that's a good answer because Canick was is a Venables guy. He's not a Grinch guy, right? Yep. I want to see some of those year 2 Venable guys and see yeah. how they yeah, progress how they developed and and Yeah, yeah, that's a good answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the safety, Peyton Bowen. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. All right, enough. You know, I mean does it matter what a freshman does in the spring game? Because is Venables going to play him anyway? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I don't know. We have a promo running right now about uh, the quarterbacks. And I, I do believe, but I do believe that it's important for Gabriel to be the quarterback for success of this team this year. But at the same time, the more I've thought about it, the more I think, wait a minute. Two years ago, this is a... Lincoln's last year, that's a nine and four, eight and five team that was turned into eleven and two by yeah. one guy. Yeah. By making that change. So Absolutely. Could there be a point where Venables 
not desperate to save his job. I'm not saying that yet, but also thinks, you know what? This other guy can get us a couple more wins, and it's important to get a couple more wins going into the SEC next year. And, and get he, him a lot more experience going into the SEC Rip the, the Band-Aid off and year. go. Get a lot more experience before going into the SEC. Where, don't forget, in the SEC, you only get two warm-up games to the conference play because then you get a patsy in, what is it, week week nine? Yeah. Every year, you're going to play Southwest School for the whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that awful? Well, I, I'm hoping that goes away. I with think the it'll inclusion. go away if they play nine games. Yeah, that's true. I think it'll go away with the nine-game conference slate. Yep. If they do that, yeah, it, surely they will. It sounded like it for the most part, but then all of a sudden you hear some rumblings of, "Well, we sure like that." Yeah, week yeah. twelve. There's a guy down there. There's a guy down there at Alabama that really likes the Patsy, <laughs> especially the week before having to go to LSU. Especially the week before <laughs> LSU. Complain about it all we want. It's working for the SEC because now they are continually getting two teams in the playoff in this four-team format. It's whatever they're doing. It's working. <laughs> it it sucks in in November when you want to sit down on a Saturday afternoon, turn on CBS, and you see one of those. You know, but I, I'm yeah. still to me personally, it's still up in the air. SEC, SEC, it's still up in the air because here's the thing. Okay, Nebraska has had zero success since they went to the Big Ten. True, Nebraska completely lost their recruiting base when they went to the Big Ten. Lost it. No more games in Oklahoma and Texas. No more pipeline to Texas. Mm-hmm. And now they're going in and they're trying to recruit between Penn State, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. Good luck. So with Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC, I mean, Texas A&M and Missouri have been exactly what they were to the SEC as what they were to the Big 12. They might pull a season out mm-hmm. of, of the blue sometime here or there. But basically, Missouri was a bottom – bottom third tier team and A&M was you know hey we're just as good as you but everybody knew they weren't just as good as right. you know so I don't but know. But you know what the difference is? What's that? Cha-ching. Well A&M's got plenty of money. Well they're getting a lot more of it. But that's what I'm saying. I mean I, I think they're fine with where they're at. No I mean, no, I'm, yeah, you know I, no I mean? I'm happy to move to yeah. the SEC. I'm I'm looking forward to the football that we're going to have. I'm saying that I people are saying that Oklahoma's going to go down there and just get their tail stomped and I don't think it's true. I mean, okay, I, yeah, Alabama and Georgia are really, really good. But other than that, LSU pulls out one season every every seven years. They pull out a season and win a national championship. They, I guess they, I don't know, spend enough money. I don't know. I think my final thought on that is what OU fans, as, as we clearly are, have to, and, I, and I've been doing this with myself, wrap our minds around is – it might. It's not going to be like it was with OU dominating the Big Twelve, winning. You know, if not playing for or winning the Big Twelve title year after year after year, it might have to be one. You know, after the first, I don't know, five or seven or even ten years of take the lumps. Hey, got a good season, had a chance right there. Taking then, you know, because how many times have you seen like LSU? Like you said, they can have a great year, or a couple, three or four mediocre seven and five seasons, and then boom, have a great year. Yeah. Auburn's the same way, you know. It happens. But that's yeah, but that's it's what hard. That's not Oklahoma. That's I, not Oklahoma. It's not. That's not the. That's not the. I know. It's not. And that, Al, and Alabama is Oklahoma's pedigree. 
Alabama, now they don't have 28 national titles or whatever it is right. that they claim. Well, and here's another thing. Here's another thing. A 10-2 and two or a 9-3 and three in the 12-game playoff gets you in the playoff in the SEC. Every time. Every that's, time. That's a little bit of a difference. I mean, that'll be opened Oklahoma, up. Oklahoma will beat Auburn 8 out of 10 times if they play them. Oklahoma History will, says you're correct. Yeah. They'll do the same thing with Ole Miss. I can't wait. Somebody's about to start blowing you up. Oklahoma will beat Ole Miss eight out of the ten times that they play them. <laughs> hey, listen, don't rattle Mr. SEC's cage. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, watching a bunch of young guys mature next year in the uh, XFL or whatever league we're playing in in the in college football next year. What? A- <laughs> Dude. Uh, yeah on the text line you're gonna make that guy mad (laughs) (laughs) haven't got a text from him yet there you go all right guys well hey have a great weekend you betcha man hopefully hopefully we'll get some of this rain yes scott garrison garrison financial it's a garrison financial friday we appreciate him stopping by (coughs) i'm not sure we're gonna make it jared you you get uh, (coughs) a some allergies all of a sudden well i've been hel- i've been moving stuff out of our garage packing it up to move ah. and it's stirred up some cobwebs that have been there for years oh. we'll be it. back Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker, dealer, member, FINRA, and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The skinny on sport. We've got too far. There's too much to lose. We've got to keep our composure. Welcome back. Garrison Financial Friday right here on the Skinny on Sports. Scott at SoonerWealth.com is his email address. 124 North Main. Stop by and let Scott help you with all of your financial needs, concerns, Shop the open market to bring you the best value on investments, life insurance. He does it all. Works with your accountants. I know that we just went through tax day on Wednesday. It was tax day on Wednesday. Try Tuesday, I guess, actually. Tuesday. Tuesday. It was this week. So I get them in early. Get them done. Don't have to worry about what day it really is. Hey, I I found scores. (laughs) Okay. If you want me to run them down. Yeah, go ahead. It's just our Paragon schools. But if 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 a listener knows any more, text it in. Uh, baseball scores. These are all districts. Uh, Arapaho Butler. Defe- this is a three-team district. Arapaho Butler defeated Thomas seven to three. Burns Flat Dill City thirteen to three. So look like looks like Thomas beat Ara- uh, Burns Flat Dill City. So Arapaho Butler and Thomas will play today. Canute uh, swept Cordell in the two-team district thirteen one thirteen nothing yesterday. 
Hammond took care of one, uh, Waynoka 12 to 2, 14 to 0. Hollis also in a three-team district defeated Snyder 14 to 1. Geronimo 12 to 0. It's Hollis and Snyder today. Snyder beating Geronimo yesterday. Hollis and Snyder today for the district title. And Leedy, they played all their games in one day. They defeated Sharon Mutual 13 nothing. Uh, Tyrone 15 to nothing, and then Sharon Mutual again 13. Yeah, I nothing. wonder if that's. Or do you think that was a double type? A double thing? type. Okay, maybe it was. I didn't refer to the email. I went. <laughs> yeah, to, I know I didn't look at Darren's email either. Sorry, uh, Darren. I, I remember looking at it last night, then I swiped right. it and deleted it. Um. So, anyways, either way, how it happened, Leedy's the district champ. Softball. Arapo Butler beat Ceiling twice, ten to two, and ten to nine. Canute beat Fargo Gage Fort Supply six to zero and eleven to one. Hammond defeated Cimarron Alleen Cleo twelve to two, fourteen to nothing. Leedy Girls defeated Corn Bible Academy 13-1, to zero. And Merritt is the only team really in our Paragon Network that season has come to an end. Uh, they fell to Dibble twice, seven to four and twelve to seven. So that's what I got there. Yeah, so that was quickly me getting all this together. <clears throat> Just some other Sentinel won twice on the baseball side, twelve nothing and fourteen to one against Corn Bible and Sweetwater. Uh, da, 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 da. I don't see another score from there. Let me go up here to Corn Bible. Just to get a, get an idea of who they may play. Looks like Canute and Sentinel are going to play Monday. A little warm up game. Are they? That'll be a good matchup. Uh, granite, 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 Granite won twice. Beat Tipton and Mount View Godibo. Thought I saw Mount View Godibo playing twice here da, 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 da. No, just the once so a lot of the teams you expected to win did win uh yesterday saw so. coach varnell yesterday told him when he get you on the show what did he say he looked like he had other things on his mind like maybe <laughs> coaching a baseball team but maybe he takes care of next weekend we will that's right no doubt about it <clears throat> so that's high school sports big elks and elkettes won yesterday on the golf course congrats to uh brett barnett a season-low 76 for the Elkettes at El Reno. They won by 40-something shots, 42 wow. shots as a team. She won by 10 individually. Um, let's see, they had uh, four in the top 10 on the girls' side with uh, Campbell Rainey, Jaden Manning, and also uh, Cam Cam Edney were all in the top 10. Then the boys went to Clinton, shot a, I think, season-low 300. Four of the top five individually uh, were from Elk City. Nate with a 71 won Nathan Womack. Mason Schmidt was second with a 73. Tristan Dunn was fourth with a 76. And uh, Braden Duncan was fifth with a 78. So a really good day uh, on the golf course for the brown and white yesterday. So congrats to them. Girls Regional next week here at Elk City. Then <clears throat> state tournaments are at Weatherford. I think the girls – is the girls regional here? Yeah, the girls is, boys isn't it? Pretty sure. But both state tournaments at Weatherford. Coming up here in the next couple of weeks. So, good stuff there on the golf course. All right, Jared, I asked Scott this question. I'm going to ask you. If you're the Carolina Panthers, what do you do with the number one overall pick? What? That, I never thought of it like, what, take, take a lineman, not a skilled player, take a lineman – don't I don't know. There's rules against it, but don't tank. But you know, take what you got and get through next season. Hopefully, get the number one pick next year and, and go all in for Caleb Williams. I never, you know, I'm not, I'm not a GM. I never always look at the immediate. What are the immediate needs? 
you know, who's available, all that. But I never thought, okay, you know, next year, this guy will be there. So if we take this guy, it could set us up to get that guy. You know, not just Caleb Williams. You know, other I've never thought of it like that. So I, I think I'm with you. I would go with the uh, with the conservative pick. Is that a fair word to use right there with getting uh, uh, alignment? What would you do? The one positive in the NFL versus what we've seen in the NBA is you can guarantee yourself the number one overall pick by having the worst record. There's no lottery. Yeah, right. I mean, in the in the NFL, if you have the worst record, you do get that pick. So there, there's you're not leaving it up to chance in the way that you do with the NBA and in the, in the way that that draft lottery works. But the problem is the way the NFL is structured, it's hard to be that bad year after year after year because it's it, it's set up for parity. It's set up to see teams go from worst to first in their division because they play an easier schedule. They obviously get a higher draft pick, what that can mean for the next season. So it's in on one hand, yes, you can guarantee that. If you do have the worst record, on the other hand, it's hard to have the worst record again, just because of the way the league is structured. I don't think they're going to do that, because it just it feels like that never happens. And so then the choice is Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. For me, I take C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I agree with you. Young is slight. He does seem to have, he does seem to have those intangibles that you want, but I just can't shake it. And I know Young has had good games against good teams, but man, the last time we saw C.J. Stroud was when he was just lighting up that Georgia defense that was so vaunted over the last couple of years. Yeah, and and the way that that the throws he was making anticipatory throws, throwing guys open is what you have to do in the NFL. And he was doing it against a team that is full of NFL-type guys. Now he was also throwing two NFL-type guys on his side, no doubt about it, with that receiving core that he's that he was at his disposal. But I just the, – the last impression is awesome on the field. Now you're starting to hear some different things about – not waking up on time for the Pat Manning Passing Academy. Yeah, whatever. You know, we're we're into that last week before the first round where you're going to start hearing some crazy things, some true, some not, but just teams trying to keep others off the scent of what they want. But if it's me and I'm Carolina, I, I'm just I, I'm a CJ Stroud guy. I take CJ Stroud over Bryce Young. Yeah, if it's between those two, I agree with you. At number two, Houston would seemingly have their choice of whoever Carolina doesn't pick. But here in the last couple of days, you're starting to hear a couple. You're starting to hear rumblings of maybe they are going to go that route, pick somebody this year, so that they can halfway tank and and be in position next year. They seem to be the team that that might actually do that, or. There's also I've I've read some things about maybe trading for Trey Lance, if the nine the, mm. the Niners have decided maybe that they're the in the Brock Purdy business, mm. that would be an interesting move for, for for San Francisco, 
to do that, depending on what they could pick it up. But Houston, I think, is going to be I, – I think that's where the intrigue starts. I didn't think that a couple of days ago, but now I do. I think Houston really might not take a quarterback. Yeah, even though, even I mean, though the, the, they seem to need one really bad, right? And they do. And the thing about a team that is where they're at in this draft right now, as high as they are, like like Houston, fine example. If there might be some worry with um, GMs and ownership, as man, how how will fans react? Who cares? They've been losing. You know, they've lost so many. You know, having these this season that they just had. Fans should be used to it. They can let's they can be used to it for one more year if we just take that safe pick, not take a quarterback, and do like I said earlier what what was intriguing with Carolina's options. You know, I think there's always that. I think there is some of that that comes into play. Not a lot, but thinking you know this might hurt us in our pocketbook because people aren't going to come and watch this team. You know, you got your owners probably putting pressure on GM. But does that ever really happen? Yeah, people still are going to show up. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like it does in the NFL. Yeah. Let me ask you this. With talking about the possibility of, of neither one of these teams actually taking a quarterback, but the likelihood it still probably is. <coughs> Arizona's at three. You don't. They don't need a quarterback because they've already paid theirs in Kyler Murray. So there's the, the, the possibility of moving <clears throat> and, and, and for, for a team that maybe needs one of these quarterbacks and, and is intrigued by Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. What do you think's the – do you think the likelihood of one of the first two teams not taking a quarterback, you think that's higher or lower than the first poor, than the than the first four picks in the draft all being quarterbacks? Which one of this, th- those things do you think is more likely? Houston or Carolina not taking one of the top two or – Somebody like trading both, up. Both of them not taking. No, no, a just one of just them. Just one of them. Just one of them not taking one of the top two quarterbacks. You think that's more likely, or that the first four picks are quarterbacks I, because Arizona moves out? I think the first scenario is more likely. One of those two not taking a quarterback. Yeah, I think that's actually a thing. Yeah, see, I don't. I think it's all smoke and mirrors. Maybe trying to entice somebody to give them. A king's ransom. You know, if it, if it's, I don't know, Seattle, but it, but if you're Seattle, <clears throat> you're in a, you're in a spot to where unless unless you get convinced, one of those two teams isn't going to draft a quarterback at the top. You're in a spot at five where you know you're going to get Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, and I think that's a pretty good spot to be. And you probably don't care which one it is. I mean, you, there's a preference, I'm sure. But at the same time, I think you're okay with either one of them. With the way that the, the board looks like it's going. And there might be even possibility, depending on a trade there at three, where you might have your choice of both. So that doesn't really make sense for them to to panic. <clears throat> you know, maybe maybe Detroit. But, you know, they seem to be, kind of be on their way. I just wonder if it's if this is a way to try to get, you know, let's say like Houston actually does like Will Levis, but they don't like him at two. 
Well, and you know somebody wants to wants one of those defenders. Is that a way to try to entice a team to move up, and you move down to wherever, save the Bears or Falcons or whatever it is, to where you still feel comfortable that one of those guys will be there? <clears throat> and then, of course, that changes everything for everybody. If you know, if, if Detroit's sitting there and they don't, they think they got to take Tyree Wilson from Tech, but something happens with the top four. At five, the Seahawks get to take Will Anderson. All of a sudden, wait a minute, Tyree Wilson, thank you, but no thanks. We could have Jalen Carter. So that I think it's just yeah. I think it's mind games right now. All the stuff you it's just impossible to figure out what's real and what's not. <clears throat> oh, it's perfect what we do. Oh, it's we great. We get to guess all day long. That's right. <laughs> uh you've got Bijan at ten to Philly. That scares me to death as a as a Cowboys fan. Oh yeah, me too. And every mock draft draft I've seen, not necessarily from, you know, how many have has McShay or how many have has he put out? Like, uh, what is two this? or three? Yeah. Anyways, kind of comprising them all, he just seems to be rising in each one. <clears throat> like they're con- like these guys are convincing themselves, like this guy is a guy that can be taken here. Yeah, I think it's just Which a matter is- of convincing themselves that somebody will take him because when you look at like their rankings, like how they have them just ranked without need or without teams, most everybody has Bijan in the top three as far as just a player in the draft. But he's a running back, and how much does that matter? Or how much does that hurt him, I guess, is really the better way to say that. I have a hard time. I don't know. Part of me thinks he won't get past Philly, but then another part of me thinks Philly is going to draft the best player and maybe even the best defensive player that's available because of what they've lost here a little bit in the offseason with some guys leaving. But at the same time, outside of maybe those top three with Wilson, Anderson, and Jalen Carter, this draft does seem a little bit light on, on pass rush. At the top, you know what I mean. And it, it feels like you're all, you've always got, you know, three or four guys, four or five sometimes even in the top ten of that that are rushers. And this one seems a little light on that. It's, you know, last year I think when we looked through there, without the without the really big name quarterbacks at the top, it was a lot of defense that was mocked in the first round. This year it feels way more offensive. It's at least in the first. You know, 15 picks or so. Do you? I, I saw one on like yesterday. Do you think that? Do you think there's more of a likelihood that there are zero first round run, running backs or two? Well, I think the obvious answer is only going to be one. We just talked about them, but um. It, we all hate to see running backs taken in the first round, so I want to answer zero. Because you would think that the GMs nowadays think, no, we you can't waste money on a guy in the first round that's going to be that has a really short shelf life. But then on the other hand, you could look at oh, well, there's you know these teams you know like Cowboys for instance, if they're looking you know they just <clears throat> you know they're, they're they got a need more or less at running back. And if Robinson's there, I'm like, oh, hey, let's do it. 
That would be a darned if you do, darned if you don't situation for Dallas. Because let's pretend Robinson's there. Like I said, they have that need because Zeke is gone. And you're not sure, even though you franchised him, you're not 100% sure about Pollard and that injury. Right. And you go, wait a minute. The rule now is you don't take a running back in the first round. We can find somebody in later rounds. And then you pass on him. And then Robinson turns into a superstar for somebody else. And we're going to go, look, Jerry did it again. He missed on a guy. Should have got him. He had a chance to get him. But then if he takes him, oh, look, Jerry did it again. He drafted a first-round running back. This is Ezekiel Elliott all over again. It's a lot different drafting one at 26 than it is at four. Well, of course. <clears throat> the still first round's a first round. You know, yeah, but it's not either. I mean, it's it's way less money this late. But it, but the problem is, to me, at the end of the first round, we, we saw this happen with the Chiefs taking Edward Solaire a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's almost, it, it's almost a luxury pick and not a smart pick. The Cowboys aren't in the situation that Philly is. In that, it feel, even though Philly lost a couple of those defensive guys, they also have two first-round picks here that they can supplement them back, or at least one of them, they can supplement somebody back and then go, okay, is Bijan the difference in winning a Super Bowl and getting there? You know, does he take mm-hmm. us over? the? They, <clears throat> their roster is, is strong enough to where you almost – you almost get it for them because it, it feels like he might be the difference maker and actually winning the thing. Cowboys aren't that way. Cowboys have more holes than just, hey, let's plug a running back in here to, to maybe be the difference in winning a title. You got to win a playoff game or two first. Got to get to the NFC title game first before you really feel like your your roster is in that good a shape just to use one on a running back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I still And this guy is the first pick of the second round. If he's there, I'm going to be mad. I don't care what they've got. Brian Branch from Alabama, the safety slash cornerback, just Swiss Army knife. Every time I watched Alabama, 13 flew on the screen. 14, can't remember his number. He's the first pick of the second round to the Steelers. I want that dude. You know, just the same way a lot of people wanted Jalen Ramsey instead of Zeke Elliott back years ago. And both of those guys turned out to be really good players for a little bit. But Ramsey's still a pretty good player, and Zeke has fallen off the map. <clears throat> tight ends. This one has the tight ends kind of gone, at least the couple that we had seen earlier mocked there. Michael Mayer and also uh, Kincaid. Both of those gone in this one. For the Cowboys. We'll be back. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax 
tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker, dealer, member, FINRA, and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. Yeah! Coming on, yeah! Welcome back, Skinny on Sports on a Garrison Financial Friday, right here, ninety-eight point one FM, the Sports Animal. Okay, Jared, will Oklahoma have a first-round pick? I will say no. Their highest projected pick is um, yeah. This one actually has Anton Harrison way it, further it, down than Anton Harrison, than yeah. most. You see, to the Steelers at 49. <clears throat> I've actually seen him at that first pick of the second round to the Steelers at 32. I've seen him in the first round in some different mock drafts. But it feels like as we're getting closer, he's kind of falling out of favor in the first round. We'll see. I mean, it just takes you know one team to like him. But I, I, would, I would go with no myself right now. I think you could – I think you're probably going to see two in the second round. If you're Marvin Mims and you're looking at this mock draft, you are crying happy tears because they have Mims going with the last pick in the second round to Kansas City. I mean, talk about a dream scenario. I can't possibly think of a better place for a receiver to go than to go play with Pat Mahomes. Oh, yeah. He has the speed that – I think kind of fits well. I mean, he'd almost now listen. He's not going to be a Tyreek Hill, but he he posted some impressive speeds at the combine. I think maybe that's going to attract some people. Go, he could be a a speedster guy that kind of fit that mold just a little bit, and maybe that's what Kansas City might be looking for. It's not like they need to replace Tyreek Hill. That's clear (laughs) after this last season, but. It might be Patrick going, you know, I like this guy. He reminds me of somebody. But yeah, that'd be a good that'd be a good get if he can land in Kansas City. Yeah, you gotta be if you're if you're Marvin Mims, <clears throat> I'd imagine you're loving every second mm-hmm. of what uh of, of what this has. Are you going or what what do you got going on this weekend? Nothing big planned, just gonna continue my little project in the barn. That's all I really have planned. Hopefully you need to be inside come late afternoon, early evening on Sunday. I might be in a batting barn on Sunday. We're supposed to have field practice, but I'm I'm doubting that happens. Cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I mean, we need it. We're in the barn on Wednesday. I mean, this the forecast I'm looking at says showers likely Sunday 8 to 2. 8A to 2P? <clears throat> yes, 70%. High of 48. Well, I will firmly go on record to say I'm not going to complain about the rain. So the National Weather Service, we've got Sunday night after 2A, so early Sunday or Saturday night, early Sunday morning, 40%. 
after 2 a.m. Sunday morning, which goes up to 80% or 70% between 8 and 2, 50% Sunday night, 80% on Monday, 80% on Tuesday, 70% on Wednesday. You know, our um, on our sister station, Exploring Energy, it's on before us. Butch Black referred or said that um, that one of the co-hosts that he's hearing more and more talk from meteorologists of long-range forecast for Western Oklahoma, and long-range has a lot of rain in it. That'd be nice. I mean, I'm crossing my fingers as I say that, and, you know, hopefully that's a thing. I'd much rather nice. have softball and baseball games postponed or canceled due to rain and not because of a lack of an umpire or something. Yeah, and it, it seems like for the mo- showers likely, possibly a thunder. I mean, it says possibly a thunderstorm. So that to me, with those temperatures being in the 50s, the high end severe weather that we saw. Wednesday. Uh, yeah, Wednesday night. Yeah. Maybe the, the it's that's not as possible just because of the conditions. Oh yeah, there'd be nothing better than if we were set in here and rain for a couple of days. And that slow soaking rain. It'd be nice. No doubts about it. It yep. would be nice. All right, that'll do it for the week. Thank you to Scott Garrison, Garrison Financial. This is a Garrison Financial Friday. Well, you, you got any baseball or anything going on? Yeah, we got baseball. I was just sitting here thinking, gosh, 48 and raining on Sunday. Hey, hey. No thanks. <laughs> you got yeah. one of those little igloo things. Yeah, we need yes. We don't. <laughs> tents or whatever they're called. I, gotta, I have to do the sound at church, though, so maybe that gets me out of a game or two. Everybody have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice.